Hi, and welcome to the Medicine for Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lynn Stiff. I'm a dietitian turned physician passionate about empowering people to use their lifestyle as medicine. Many of the chronic diseases and cancers that affect our world can be prevented. I'm on a mission to provide you with evidence-based tools and education so you can implement realistic and sustainable changes into your life to combat disease, reach your health goals, and lead your best life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Let's begin this journey together. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me today for this week's episode of the Medicine for Life podcast. This week's episode is all about a recent article that was published in the British Medical Journal, and it is about adding years to your life. So who here wants to add a few years to their life? And not just years, because right quality versus quantity, we don't just want more time if we're not having much out of life. But this is about 8 to 10 years free of cancer, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. I'm pretty certain everyone listening right now just raised, just raised their hand. Because seriously, we're talking another decade of life free of these diseases that nobody wants. So there was just a study published that uses the data from uh, the nurse's health study that looked at what lifestyle factors were associated with disease-free life after the age of 50. And how many years of life did these factors add that continued to be free of disease? So this study points out five modifiable lifestyle factors. I would actually argue that the fifth one is not a modifiable lifestyle factor, but, um, but the factors are not smoking, participating in moderate to vigorous physical activity at least 30 minutes every single day, drinking no more than half an alcoholic to one alcoholic drink a day, eating a high-quality diet based on the AHEI scale, which I'll link in the show notes, and maintaining a healthy weight. This last one I feel like is not actually a modifiable uh, lifestyle factor, but I'll talk about that later at the end. So by simply doing all these things we already know that we should do, you could add up to a decade of life free of some pretty horrible diseases at the age of 50. So why aren't we doing these things, right? Uh, These are all things we know we should do. And I feel like this is just yet another study that further emphasizes how valuable these behaviors are. What's awesome about this study is that you have complete control over how you can increase the years of your life. I mean, who doesn't want that? That's amazing. The tricky thing is, Figuring out how to motivate people and how they can see the benefit that seems so obvious on the surface. And so this is the part of lifestyle medicine and just medicine in general that it's really lacking right now because we really need to figure out how we can help motivate each other so that we do behaviors that will improve our life with very little risk and very little cost. So this is the stuff that I'm so passionate about. And I think... This is a perfect example of how we can give all of the data and information in the world and it still doesn't quite resonate with people. So what I want you to do is to think about these behaviors and think, which of these things could I work on? And I want you to ask yourself, why am I not already doing something for this? How motivated am I to do something about this? And what do I think I could do to reach this goal? So um, I'm going to give you a few tips on how you can maybe try to do some of these things. And again, the options based in the study would be to quit smoking, exercising daily, 
not drinking too much alcohol, and eating a high-quality diet. These are things that we hear about all the time. And as a physician, I feel like everyone kind of knows what they need to do, um, but we have barriers in our lives that prevent us from doing this. Um, but I still want to do my due diligence and give you some suggestions on how you can work on these various areas. So the first for quitting smoking, this, um, thankfully there's been a, a great push towards decreasing the amount of adults smoking through changes in advertising campaigns and the availability of methods. This is a shared decision-making process and many people think I'm just going to go cold turkey and be done. And while that works for some people, most people need additional support. I mean, this is a habit that you have participated in for decades and it's both a behavior, like the physical act of picking up a cigarette, going somewhere to smoke, um, the movement even, as well as there being a physiologic drive from an addiction to nicotine. So this is something that takes more than just willpower most of the time. And so there are a number of methods your physician could talk with you about, um, but you can ask them about medications if you're interested in that. Otherwise, nicotine patches and gum work great, and most states have a quit line that you can use, and this provides you with free resources and free quit materials um, in addition to some support to help you through the process. Um, this can be especially challenging if you have family members who also smoke um, because you're surrounded by this all the time. And so whoever you can get to sort of jump on board with you is great, but again, it's not for everyone. And so, um, you know, if you can't find any support within your network around you, I would still recommend that you call a quit line and talk with your doctor about the options. The second thing was exercising 30 minutes a day in moderate to vigorous exercise. So that means your heart rate's really getting up and you're sweating that's how a good way to tell that you're in the right zone. Um, you can use your heart rate to gauge that, and it's usually when you're around like 60% or higher of your max heart rate. Um, and again, your provider can help you figure out what that is or if you're working with a trainer. But my favorite go-to for people just getting started is called fitnessblender.com. So this is a totally free website by two people who seem very amazing. I've been watching their videos for probably a decade now. I'm not sure how long they've been around for, but it's got to be close to that. And they have every possible exercise you could ever imagine um, in variations in the intensity level. And so if you are at home and you say, I don't have a gym membership, I don't live in a safe neighborhood, you probably have access to internet and you can go to fitnessblender.com and just watch a free video. Many of their videos are things you can do without any equipment and um, they're very basic, but yet still very effective. And I think that they are an amazing resource for the community. Um, I try to support them financially by buying little programs here and there that they offer for a, for a paid amount, but really most everything they offer is free and I definitely would recommend checking them out. Another way to get started is just to start walking. And if you don't exercise now, obviously talk with your doctor to make sure it's safe, but most people will say that you need to exercise. Just don't overdo it. Listen to your body, um, but start with 10 minutes a day. And after you do 10 minutes, add a minute every single day for the next few weeks before you know what you'll be at 30 minutes. And I think sometimes we hear these goals and we think, oh, I can't do that. But then when you break it down and realize that just by doing something a little bit more each day, you can make a huge impact in a month. And then at the end of that month, you're like, wow, that went by really fast. I'm in a totally different place now, and I'm on a roll to continue doing this habit. The third thing was drinking. 
So the study said for men, no more than one drink a night. For women, no more than half a drink a night. And it has to do with how uh, there are variations in how the liver processes alcohol. And so ideally, people would not be drinking every night. Um, the studies are mixed on whether or not this is uh, healthful or not to be drinking on a daily basis. But there, it is a slippery slope. And if you are drinking every night, you could consider breaking it up enough. There's not enough of a health benefit to drinking a glass of wine every night that you should be doing it. <laughs> um, it's okay if you drink here and there. Um, but if you are drinking, no binge drinking because that has been shown to have very negative health effects. Um, and so if you're drinking alcohol regularly, consider alternating. So maybe start with half of a drink, share it with whoever you live with or are drinking with, and then alternate with water or alternate your nights. Maybe on the even days of the month, you will have a drink and on the odd days, you'll just have water or hot tea or something else to change it up. Um, Again, this is a habit. You'll notice that they'll just, sometimes you might just get up from the table and let's say after dinner, you always make a drink. You might find yourself like over making a drink being like, I didn't even think about the steps that got me here. It's just a habit to go and do this. And whenever you change a habit, your brain kind of says, whoa, 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 hold on. What's happening? And you're going to get some kind of craving or urge to do something. And so this is where some mindset work can be really helpful to reflect and and breathe and think about whether or not this is something you actually want to be doing. So if you want to just see if you can alternate with uh, water or some other beverage every once in a while, um, this will decrease the overall amount of alcohol you're drinking. And then uh, the fourth thing was eating a healthful diet. So this used a scale that looked at a wide variety of things that contribute to a healthy diet. And really, the Mediterranean diet is the gold standard. So if you are wondering what that looks like, just Google Mediterranean diet. But basically, it's um, more whole foods, more plants. So, um, you know, fruits, vegetables, beans, legumes, nuts. And then if you're eating meat, it's more lean meat. And then oils, they tend to use olive oil. They do have some dairy, but it's less dairy. So the Mediterranean diet really is a great starting point. And so if you look at that... And then reflect on what you eat on a regular basis and pick one area to improve upon. So let's say you want to eat more vegetables. So then your goal is simply just that. It's not to eat a super healthy diet or totally change your diet. That's too dramatic and you're not going to sustain it. So if you just choose something small, like I'm going to eat an extra serving of vegetables at every lunch, then all you have to do is remember this one thing and for a week work on it. And you know, 21 days to change a habit. So the next thing you know, uh, a month later, you'll be like, oh, this is easy. I always just default a vegetable in my lunch. And then you're ready to move on to the next step. These are not changes you have to make in just this one attempt. So start small in increments. A year from now, you'll look back and be like, oh my gosh, my diet in life is totally different than it was then. And you'll feel so happy that you did this. I'm not going to talk about the weight piece. There will be more on that after I talk about a few more things. So I want you to all think of which of these things might be an area that you could benefit from that you're ready to consider doing something about. So to get started today, you first need to set a goal. One of the first episodes of the podcast was all about goal setting. So you can go over and catch that. It was called Get After Your Goals. Um, I also have a blog post that I'll link to and a free workbook that is in my resource library. And if you're really interested in this, there is a one hour Facebook live I recorded that will allow you to work alongside with me and fill out that workbook. 
It takes about 21 days to form a habit. So I would recommend making a goal that's about three months long so that you can really ensure some sustainable changes. Because if your habit is to exercise 30 minutes a day and you don't exercise at all now, it's going to take a couple 21 block chunks to get you to that 30 minutes a day. Step two, find a partner. You need somebody to be your accountability partner. And the, the key is it doesn't need to be your family member, your friend at work. It doesn't need to be anyone you even know in person. With social media in the online world, there are millions of people out there and there are plenty who are probably trying to reach the exact same goals as you. So try to find someone who has a similar belief in health and is kind of at the same place as you are and see if they want to be your accountability partner. There are tons of Facebook groups out there where you can meet somebody. I have a Facebook group for women called Nourished and Content, and in this group, I encourage people to find accountability partners. So an accountability partner is just somebody that you're going to check in with. It can be as simple as sending a text every morning after you did your exercise, and because you know that they're expecting that text, and you know that if you don't do it, they're going to be replying um, you know, an hour or two after your normal time being like, hey, how'd your morning go? Um, so this is a way to help keep you on track. And now life happens. Not everyone is going to be perfect and do what they need to do every day, but your accountability partner knows that. And if you've picked someone who has a mutual view on health, they'll understand that sometimes life happens. But the key is for you to find somebody who will help encourage you and motivate you. Um, and then you can do the same for them. The third step in reaching the goals I mentioned above is to change your perspective of weight related to lifestyle. All right, so here's my soapbox for you. <laughs> so I would argue that weight itself is not a modifiable risk factor and these behaviors that we're participating in don't have to even be associated with weight loss for them to be valuable. These behaviors alone are extremely valuable in modifying disease and improving how you feel every single day. So why do I not think this is a modifiable risk factor? Well, the big reason is that there is no significant evidence that shows long-term sustainable weight loss. There's always people we know about. You might be one of them who's lost weight and kept it off, but the majority of the population can't. It's just physiologic. It's biologic. It's a variety of factors that play into it. But when we focus on weight, we get ourselves stuck in a hole and we don't do things for the right reasons. So the reason we're doing these behaviors that I talked about before, so exercising, not smoking, not drinking too much, and eating a balanced diet, we're doing these things not to lose weight, we're doing these things to live a long, healthy life. So a modifiable risk factor is something that you participate in. It's something you choose to do. I would argue that no one engages in weight. You don't go do weight. You can't quit weight. <laughs> it's not a modifiable risk factor. It's an attribute that makes up who you are. It's influenced by numerous factors, some of which are the behaviors I mentioned, but some of which you have zero control over. So I would argue that this study, and if you know the authors, please pass this along, this study needs to actually control for weight and see how that affects the data. There have been a number of studies that look at weight, and actually people in the overweight category sometimes have protective factors, and we don't know why. So if we're going to talk about modifiable lifestyle behaviors, let's actually talk about behaviors and not attributes, okay? So if you can start to think of doing these things for health and not for weight, it's going to keep you so much more motivated because in order to stay motivated, you need to have a deep why for the reason you do something. So it needs to be at a core of your being. So if 
being active with your grandchildren is like something you live for, well, then that is what's going to motivate you to participate in regular physical activity and lead a healthy life. Most people do not have a deep why specifically around weight. And so for that reason, it's easy to stop doing behaviors if you're only doing them for weight. Nobody can guarantee that someone will lose a certain amount of weight in a certain amount of time and keep it off for a certain amount of time. Even we all know that our weight can fluctuate from day to day and a number of things contribute to our weight. But you know what we can guarantee? I can guarantee that if you say you're going to walk 30 minutes a day and you do it, you just walked 30 minutes a day. If you say you're going to eat five vegetable servings a day and you do it, then you just ate five vegetable servings that day. If you say you're going to quit smoking and you're not smoking right now, you're not smoking. (laughs) So if we focus on behaviors and stop lumping weight into this, we could see significant improvements because how empowering is it to reach your goal? I mean, everyone wants to reach their goals. That's why we work towards things day in and day out. That's what gets you up at five in the morning. So I I really want to emphasize the importance of setting behavior-specific goals. And if you do these behavior-specific goals... Not only will you feel better on a day-to-day basis, but you might actually add some years of quality to your life. Um, And I'm pretty certain everyone listening to this sees the value in that. So that's all I've got for you this week. It was a nice short and sweet podcast, but hopefully you found this study to be inspiring. Uh, The link to the study as well as an editorial about the study uh, can be found in the show notes. And there will also be a link to the goal setting information. I would love to hear what goals you're all working on. Um, So feel free to head over to my Facebook page and leave a comment about what you're doing. A link to that Facebook page will be in the notes as well. So please let me know what it is you're doing, how the progress is going. I would love to have a check-in in a month and see how many people have implemented some of these behavior changes. Let me know as well how I can serve you on this podcast. I want to try to inspire and encourage you to implement behavior changes like what we talked about today. And so I'm not certain if that is best done by me providing studies like this, or if you want testimonials of people who have done things, if you want me to give you examples of what you could do. Um, I think there's a lot of information out there, and we all know there's a lot of information, but so many people don't participate in these behaviors, so there's a disconnect. So I want to know how I can help you. So please feel free to send me an email, lynn.stiff at nutritionhealthlife.com, or head over to one of my social media outlets and leave a comment there. But let me know how I can serve you. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care. Bye.
While I make every effort to broadcast correct information, I am still learning. The views expressed on this podcast are solely my own, based on extensive experience and research. The views of this podcast are not those of any organizations that I am currently or previously affiliated with. If you have any concerns about views or opinions expressed in this podcast, please contact me directly at lynn.stiff at nutritionhealthlife.com. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another, and I am simply presenting my views on how to use diet and lifestyle approaches to improve your health. By listening to this podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice or to treat any medical conditions that either yourself or others are experiencing. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Do not ignore or delay obtaining professional medical advice because of information accessed or otherwise obtained from or on behalf of Nutrition Health Life LLC or Lynn Stiff MD.